Welcome to Bible and Stuff, a podcast about the Bible and stuff. I'm Glenn. And I'm Tanner. And today we continue our conversation in the Ten Commandments with the second to last commandment, the ninth commandment, do not lie. You you sound <laughs> like the, uh, the city announcer guy. <laughs> Who's in like the beginning of a kid's cartoon? Like I'm picturing like Powerpuff Girls, where it's like today in the city of blah, blah, blah. I don't know what else he says, but that's like the the tim the timber is that a word? Yeah, the tombre yeah. you had in your voice. I kind of I definitely didn't hit it, but I was kind of thinking about the uh, the original Spaceman. They had like the little the mice being the announcers. And like they start off and they're like in their little squeaky voices, and then he like puffs his chest up and he's like, "And now standing." <laughs> that's that's wow. Space I'm space, space jam? jam. Yeah, I thought you said spaceman, and I was like, "You were talking about oh, something I have no, no, no. idea." Yeah, 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 space jam. I saw the, the other one. It wasn't. We did too. It wasn't that good. Uh, it was. Yeah, it, it was all right. I I think I definitely liked the original more. I did laugh a little bit when they were like. Guess who we got? We got Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the best like joke for the parents in the whole yeah. thing. Because my kids were like, I have no idea who Michael B. Jordan is. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Like, I think I like the first one better. But then I also like watched some clips of the first one. And I was like, I think I probably just liked this because I was seven. Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my kids liked it. That's all that really matters. Yeah. I know there were, you're not like really a huge basketball fan, but I know there were a bunch of people that were like, I'm not going to see it because it's got LeBron in it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Um. Anyway. Well, there's that. <laughs> uh i guess now that we're doing a movie review podcast i would say f- four three out of ten go see it if you want to see really it. yeah i mean it wasn't great if your kids was that low but if your kids are interested in it go see it anyway let's move on to what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right do not lie well tanner is obviously not lying he is just very passionate about the brutally honest what he thought yeah uh But yeah, no, we're going to talk about not lying today and really what all that entails, because I think so often with with all of these commandments, really, we like we hear this commandment and then just take it at surface level. But it it just threads so much deeper. And then, of course, Jesus always comes in at the end and he's like, yeah, this is this is the commandment, but there's so much more to it. Here's what it also means. Uh, or here's what I call you to, to do. Yeah, I like to think this whole Ten Commandments series has kind of been an exercise in that, in reading what seems to be like a very flat, just straight to the point passage and seeing what we can dig up out of it. Because I think a lot of the Bible is like that. You, when you start to see how it connects to all these other pieces of the Bible, and you know, if it's an Old Testament passage, it's probably referenced you know, somewhere in the New Testament, or at least that same thread, and tying those together, and vice versa. And so I've really liked that aspect of this, of one, getting to learn more about the Ten Commandments, because they're important. I think they still have a lot of bearing on us today. But also just getting to flex that that bible reading muscle the other thing is i think you have already lied in the beginning of this podcast oh no because you said we're talking about lying and we're only kind of talking about lying (laughs) okay (laughs) well 
Explain I, yourself. <laughs> I say that because uh, I think a lot of people kind of shorten this commandment to be, hey, it's about lying. And in some ways it is, but more more precisely, the commandment is do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm. So bearing false witness basically means lying. But there is that added piece of against your neighbor, and that's because this is specifically community-focused. Like if we look at all the other commandments we've covered since four, right? We said I think one through four are are mostly about how we interact with God, and then five through ten are how we interact with others. And in fact, I actually think this commandment's kind of like an others-focused spin on some of the idea that's covered in the third commandment. Okay. So the third commandment is, you know, this is how God represents himself and we need to represent him accordingly and speak about him the way he wants to be spoken of. And that's kind of the same thing we're doing here with, with our neighbor. We're not lying about them. We're not bearing false witness. We are keeping their good name pure, at least as okay. far as it pertains to us. <laughs> if they want to yeah. go mess it up on their own, that's on them. That definitely, I think, changes the mindset of what this commandment is because yeah, you can also say things that are maybe not lying. Maybe you are like embellishing, which I guess in a sense is lying, but you're bringing out the worst in somebody uh, or or like you just said, kind of dragging their name through the dirt. Yeah. Well, and there are other types of lying that I think like you shouldn't do. Like, for example, you could lie to yourself. That's a bad idea, but... I'm not sure that's exactly what this commandment is going after. And the other thing we have to remember is when we think back to the original audience of this, it's people, it's Israel, who are building a nation, right? They now have come out of slavery from another nation, and they're making their own rules. And part of that is Moses' job to oversee disputes between the people. So it's court, right? And an important part of court is to have witnesses, So even in this time, that was true that a lot of these laws that were being broken, like many of which even had the death penalty as Mm. what was going to happen if you got it wrong. So it's important that as everyone else who may have witnessed things happen and has to then give a testimony of that in court, that we're telling the truth because people's lives are at stake, people's, you know, households are at stake as far as you know stealing or whatever. there's a bunch of laws about all these different things and so it's very practical in a sense that god would give a command that's like hey you should be a person that tells the truth instead of a person who lies yeah so we've taken this concept and broken it down into just well we haven't we've <laughs> we've read <laughs> and and kind of broken down this uh this concept into four different habits of untruthful speech. So we're going to be working through these different ideas and giving pretty specific examples of how each of them play out. And then as always, we'll, we'll end the episode by talking about how Jesus takes it one step further for us. Yeah. And redemption. Yeah. So what people didn't see if they're just listening is <laughs> you say we've done, and I'm like, eh, maybe, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we so we got these four categories from Jen Wilkins' book. We talk about it every episode. It's awesome. Check it out. You should get it. But we're kind of using that framework, and then we're going to 
talk about these, you know, based on on her skeleton. And so, as you said, she refers to them as four habits of untruthful speech. And I think these are really good examples of the different shapes, the different forms that bearing false witness can take. The first one, perhaps the most common, is reviling. So it's just speaking poorly of other people, right? It's, yeah. it's being an accuser. Yeah, I, I definitely think in today's day and age, this is something that is like super prevalent. You see it all over the place. And it, even the first example, as I'm saying this, I'm assuming you are probably already thinking this too. Like social media yeah. is is just a place where this is, is overly present, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah, I mean, it's only gotten more and more common that we all get a little bit of keyboard courage and say <laughs> things online to people that we probably wouldn't say to their face. Uh, and social media and, you know, a lot of mainstream media in general has become this outrage machine. And, yeah, it, it makes us want to go off and yeah. and revile people and talk bad about them and put them down. Well, and I also want to take this a step further. I mean, you you were talking about this idea of like us typing out these thoughts and everything, but I think we're just as much in sin when we are sharing, liking, like promoting these oh, thoughts uh, as well. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my favorite uh, new trend that I've seen is when someone shares like a shady quote-unquote news article, I hate to even call them news, and, like, it's easily falsifiable, but they don't say, hey, I believe this 100%, and you should look into this and check this out. Some people do, but my favorite is when instead they just go, interesting, dot, 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 (laughs) Um, because (laughs) what they're saying is, this is a load of bullcrap, and I didn't take the time to, to do one Google search or, you know, duck duck go if you don't trust google uh and find out this is actually all bs bible and stuff yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's what that stands for uh and but i'm putting that out there i'm furthering disinformation misinformation Yeah. yeah and yeah i mean i think as christians we need to evaluate how quick we are to share something how quick we are to give something our platform we talked about this with Doug Birch in an interview a while ago. He talks about how we are all kind of our own little television stations. Like if you think of the the radio times or the television times where you get something, um, what's it called? Syndicated? Like they send it out to a, yeah. sure. Yeah, we're going to pretend like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> you, you get like a syndicated television show and you buy it for your network and it becomes a spot on your thing. We do that when someone else puts out an article or a hot take and then we repost it. So we are then platforming. It doesn't feel as weighty as that, but you need to stop and think that you are now giving credibility and voice to this thing that you may not actually be able to back up if you put a little more thought into it. So... Social media is for sure heavy on the list of examples where this happens, but we also see it a lot face to face or not. We'll, we'll say face to face to this first one. We have two more examples. 
Uh, and the first is sarcasm. Yeah. And I'm just going to jump ahead and say the second as well, because this is not always face-to-face, but gossip or slander is the other. Yeah, I, I didn't like that Jen mentioned sarcasm. Uh, I thought that wasn't <laughs> nice of her. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm a fan of sarcastic humor, right? Yeah. I think it's funny. But there's always this tinge to sarcastic humor where it's true. Right, right. Like you've heard, you've you've been around, and you've heard the person who's not good at sarcasm, or they just use it as a weapon. But it's like, well, I didn't outright say it; I just like kind of said it as a joke. But it's just an insult. Like you're just being mean to me. Yeah, <laughs> you're just being rude to me. And instead of you know like having the courage to to say it straight, you kind of make it as a funny haha, and sure. you use it to revile someone. And so. I think if you tend towards sarcasm, as I do, again, it's worth taking some time to evaluate if you sometimes do it just as a way to cut other people cut other people down. I often do it with friends where that's the joke. That's that's how we joke with each other. Yeah. We cut each other down, but it's but it's all in good fun, right? And there's there's this agreement between us. But sometimes still it can be taken too far. Sure. And I also need to be very careful to not then apply those rules to everyone else in the world because right. they didn't sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't leave our conversations ever at night going home crying uh at all either. So Well, you're you're already home. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So that's you true. just turned the camera off and stuff. And you know, I'm not sorry, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's move on. Uh, Gossip or slander? So this one, uh, I don't know. For me, I automatically think like high school. Like this was the time to gossip and everything. But it does go, it goes way beyond that. And sadly, I feel like I see this in the church a lot. That's literally what I was about to say. Like this is... Uh, has long been kind of a church pet sin. Yeah. Because I think some of us are well-meaning when we're worried about somebody and so we want to talk about that thing that we know they did <laughs> or that they know <laughs> that we know they're struggling with to other people. And I found myself guilty of this too, like I may talk to you about someone else because I want to help them, but I give more information than I really should have, or Mm. maybe I should have approached that person before, or, you know, there's a lot of different ways in which you can share too much really quickly if you're not being careful. And it's also, you can be quick to become the person who kind of revels in being the guy with information, the guy or the gal who has the scoop. And so you have to find Christianese ways to put that out there. Like it has to be a prayer request instead of just, let sure. me tell you what Sandy did. It has to be, you know, disguised, yeah. but it's still gossip, even yeah. if you frame it in that way. W- yeah. What you're talking about is is kind of a, a more roundabout way of gossiping. Um like you said, using prayer uh, or, you know, asking like, hey, I need some advice to be able to talk to so-and-so about this specific issue that's taking place. But there's also people who like literally just spread gossip, like like not skirting around it, just being yeah. like, hey, did you know that so-and-so did this? And 
I always really appreciated at our, our former church, there was this saying that we always had, it was shoot in the face, not in the back, uh, which is very <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, uh, and, but, and for the record, can be abused. Correct, correct. But but I think the original intent uh, behind it was was really good, where it's like, you know what, if, if you have a problem with somebody or, or something, go to the source, talk to them yeah. about it. Don't let, don't let them hear it from somebody else or, or get uh, the tail end of it from, from another source. Yeah, and you're right. When I was in leadership, I saw that a ton where someone would be offended by somebody else and so they would just start talking to people about it, mostly because they felt uncomfortable approaching the person. And now... Some of that may be on the leader who wasn't a very approachable person. You know, I'm not talking about anybody specific, but, you know, whoever the leader may have been. And But a lot of it was often on them of not being uh, courageous enough to say, like, well, no, actually, when you did this thing, I didn't like it. And so they would kind of, you know, go around and end up in all these conversations, whether it was a prayer request or whether it was, you know, somebody brought it up and it's like, well, this thing. It's like, no, you need to stop. You need to say, I got to settle this with them first. Um, and a lot of times that comes to us just kind of putting on our, our big boy panties and <laughs> and doing it. Uh, as soon as I'm I said sorry. panties, I immediately regretted it. <laughs> you never heard that? That's a thing. No, I've never. Maybe I've it's never a southern it. thing. Yeah. I've heard putting on your big boy pants. <laughs> but yeah, never... I guess it is pants. But I mean, I, I don't know. I've definitely or heard the other version from too. from where you're from. I don't know. Okay, so... With each of these, I think it's important to point out that this is how Satan acts, <laughs> right? So Reviler is one of Satan's big mm. things. <laughs> he wants to cut people down. He wants to whisper in your ear about how you can't trust that person or that person's actually secretly wicked and all these. He wants to tear you down. He wants to tear others down. And we need to be the opposite of that. In fact, the Bible says build one another up outdo one another in showing honor. And so instead of reviling, we're called to to love our brother and sister with our words. So yeah, right off the bat, reviling, we see that that concept or, or form of untruthful speech taking place. Um, but our next on the list is flattery, which when you first hear it, you're like, oh, well, that flattery seems nice. Uh but yeah, there's not always like the the best intentions behind it. Sure, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, but it still has, as you're saying, like an, an ulterior motive. Mm. Um, so it's compliments, but you're doing it for a reason that's that's a little unsavory, and that normally is trying to control someone or trying to get something from them. So you are misrepresenting others. By building them up instead of by tearing them down, like we were talking about with reviling. And again, this is exactly what Satan does. He does it in our ears. Sometimes he tears us down, but sometimes he says, hey, you're good, man. You've been <laughs> doing so good with this. For me right now, it's like, you've been on that diet so well. You deserve that piece of cake. <laughs> 
And, you know, he inflates our sense of self to where we start to become prideful and we start to write off sins as like not a big deal or maybe just a swance or actually, you know, I've kind of earned it. Yeah. And so we should, again, be the opposite of that. And the opposite of that looks like being truthful. (laughs) (laughs) When you encourage people instead of being the person who tries to make everyone love you by saying good, but maybe not necessarily true or real things about them. You offer genuine encouragement to people. And even when it's needed, sometimes you offer them a a true hard word, like a difficult thing to say, like we just talked about. You see in Proverbs 27, six, where it says faithful are the wounds of a friend but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Hmm. So when you're kissing someone and flattering them for the wrong reason, you're their enemy. You are not doing what is good for your brother and sister in Christ. But when you're encouraging them genuinely, when you're building them up for things that they deserve, or even better for when they are walking with Christ closely or when they are living out of the power of the Holy Spirit, honoring those things and acknowledging those things, but also sometimes offering a rebuke that's much needed or uh, a scalpel-like wound that's intended to heal, not to hurt. Yeah. I think in my own life, I, I'm kind of thinking through this one, and I I really do enjoy giving like genuine compliments and encouragement. I am very much a people person, so I enjoy you know, letting people know like you did a great job or, you know, I, I really enjoy how you did this, but I can definitely think back to times where it's been like, yeah, I, I am encouraging you and it's the things I'm encouraging you about are true, but I'm doing it because I want to be on your good side or, you know, in the future, I may have that thing that I'm going to ask you for. And I'm, this is me buttering you up or, or, you know, yeah. Kissing your butt, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when, if you think about, I mean, everyone probably has those people in their life that are immediate examples that come up when you say things like that, uh, of people who use their words to, uh, you know, kind of get on everyone's good side so that they can have more sway. And, and it's in a very greasy way like that i couldn't think of a better adjective uh but that one sounds gross and so i liked it (laughs) um but we do often subtler versions of of that exact same thing and we need to be careful and evaluate why we do them and how we can how we can be better essentially so We've talked about two of the four. I think it's a good time to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the other two. Like you said earlier, how Jesus is involved in this whole thing. And I think one of these next two is actually pretty surprising. But more on that in a minute. So I don't know if you've noticed, but the whole time we've been doing this podcast, we've been on the boardwalk. It's amazing. It's really hot out today, actually. I know, but the breeze comes in every now and then. It really makes you feel good. You know, coming off the ocean behind us, you can even hear people laughing and having a good time down at the carnival a little ways down. Yeah, and I, between the funnel cake smells and the smell of 
suntan lotion. I am just, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> but yeah, we're busking it up at the beach today. It's great. We got our table set up. We're, we're doing our podcast here. Uh, and it's amazing. Even just people watching is is really fun for me in this moment. Yeah, it's a really interesting practice that we've taken up here, busking, but it helps us keep the lights on. And so for you guys who aren't here in real time, we need to set up a solution for you too, and that's a virtual tip jar. So while you may not be this guy rollerblading by with his boom box or this nice couple here just walking their dog, you can still help us out. And that's the way to do it. If you want to support us and you want to help us keep this thing going, consider giving through that link. And hey, who knows where you'll see us next week. Well, we have had a chance to start digging into these four habits of untruthful speech. Uh, We've already hit on reviling and flattery, but now we're going to take a moment of silence. (laughs) Sorry, that's my cheesy way of saying the next category uh, or habit rather is is silence. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then is, I ruined it by laughing over your yeah, joke you anyway. Yeah, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the first two we talked about are very clearly using your words. And we're talking yeah. about bearing false witness. It, it seems to imply that you're talking, right? But when we think a little deeper about it, we see that silence can actually be a way of not telling the truth when it needs to be told. So... If these other examples are saying things we shouldn't say, this is not saying something we know we should. And the tricky thing I think here is if you're becoming better at not bearing false witness, you're you're working on making sure you don't tear other people down, you're working sure you're you're working on making sure you don't flatter people needlessly, you might think, Well, I I just don't talk as much as I used to. (laughs) And that's probably a good thing but it would be a bad thing if we counted it all as wisdom and instead didn't say things that are necessary and good and right and true so again if you think about the very simple example of a courtroom and some someone else is bearing false witness and we don't stand up and do something about it that's sin on our part there's these two types of sins which are commission, I'm committing sins that I shouldn't commit. But there's this other kind that's omission. I am not doing things that I know I should. Mm. And so if we get by with calling our silence wisdom when it's really cowardice, that's not a good thing. Uh, And this is something I struggle with. I think one of the biggest sins that I have had to deal with throughout my life is being a chicken. (laughs) okay and and so let me explain i often meet people who are christians now but like we get to talking about our testimony or our past or whatever and i find out like whoa they did a lot more than i did (laughs) like (laughs) i i was kind of your quintessential like good kid and so i hid some things but like i wasn't like going to ragers or doing like really promiscuous things in general i trust me i wasn't great but People have a lot more salacious stories than I do. And so often, if we don't know each other well, they might get um, a little like down almost like their demeanor changes a little bit. It's like, man, you 
he must be a lot more holy than I am. And I'm always quick to say, like, hold on, hold on. You were just braver than I was. <laughs> I was just <laughs> really yeah. afraid of getting caught. So, mm. yeah, I may not have as much baggage as you probably feel like you do, but you have this thing that that God gave you that now that he's redeemed it is actually really, really good. And I struggle with not being as brave as you probably are. Uh, huh. So, yeah, sometimes I would rather stay silent and than stand up for what is right, but obviously I'm working on it. <laughs> Man, I really love that point you just made, though. I, I've never thought of it in that light before. Got some good conversations I can have with that. Yeah, I mean, it just happened over time of having multiple people that I'm in that situation with and feeling uncomfortable, like they're saying, oh, you must be so holy. And I'm like, I don't think I am. <laughs> and so it just took me a while to figure out, like, why does why does it always end that way where they feel bad? And I, I feel bad because they feel bad because I don't think they should feel bad. And that's kind of what I landed on. It's like, oh, okay. I was just a lot more timid than they. And in some ways, you know, that that played to that ended up good for me. But in a lot of ways, it's it's still something that I struggle with and making sure that I speak truth even when it's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think uh, I'm just trying to think through like ways we may also see this come to light and I think with injustices, this is something that, you know, remaining silent we could we could see that play in um you use the courtroom example i another example i can think of i not specifically but i remember as a kid there being people who were just rude to me or or mean or things like that and uh this is more elementary school specific but like they're getting in trouble for something that i know they didn't do and i'm not saying a word because i (laughs) want them to be in trouble yeah uh there's a lot of different scenarios where this could come into play. Um, but I think the point is if, if we have truth to speak uh, and it's for the benefit of another, we should speak up. Well, and this is something we actually talked about before the show, just kind of in our personal catch-up time, is making sure that in our desire to generally be nice and fun people to be around, like we, we don't really like the people who we kind of feel like are, are – generally jerks and always mad about something and want to make a ton of enemies. We also have to be careful not to swing too far the other way where we're never confident or courageous enough to say what's true, especially about things God says are true. So, you know, God says, you know, all life is brought on. Like, so the the point I'm getting at is like abortion. Oh, okay. We, we should be anti-abortion as Christians. Like there are things like that that we can't be so, you know, des- we can't desire so much to just be agreeable and go go along, get along, that we don't stand up and speak for things that may be controversial to say in this day and age, but are nonetheless true. And so that's the easy example, so I still kind of let myself off the hook. But there are a lot of Christians who would get mad that I just said that. But as much as we try to show multiple ways to look at different things, that's one that I just can't personally, in my own conscience, get past. Like, we just can't be murdering people who are made in God's image just because they haven't been born yet. And there's a lot of nuance that goes in on that conversation. But at the end of the day, I feel like 
I have to have the courage to stand up and say, this is true, and I'm not going to lie about it, but I'm also not going to just be quiet and, you know, let it pass me by, even though the the other information that's around isn't always reflecting what God says in his word. Yeah, I, I think on each of these, we've kind of hit in this point that, or tried to make this point that Satan really enjoys uh, when we fall into these habits. And that's no different with this idea of silence either. Satan loves silence when we should be speaking. Yeah. I, I, so there's like the screw tape letters. If you re- ever read those by C.S. Lewis, they're mm-hmm. great. But I love that Lewis kind of takes a lot of these things where we would normally say, you know, Satan probably wants us to do this or this. And he actually says, you know, if you could just get this guy to philosophy, you know, philosophize, is that a word? <laughs> to, to constantly theologize or, you know, think about all these things, but not actually do anything about it. That's actually a pretty good success for the demons. And so I think that that is absolutely one that Satan loves is like, if he can just keep us busy with other stuff so that we're not actually, you know, going to stand up for truth when it matters, then that's fine. We don't have to lie completely outright or all these things to make him happy. We just have to not tell the truth. And if that's just being quiet, he's cool with that. Um, This whole example makes me think of the TV show, uh, What Would You Do? Do you remember this? So now now I think I am. Is this where there's like a a guy who sets up a scenario in a public area and then you like... You're you're being filmed, basically. Yes. What is the host? John Kionese. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, would yeah. you do with John Kionese? Uh, and so the whole premise is that they do this, you know, thing that clearly people should want to stand up and stop, and then eventually people do, and they ask him, you know, why you would do that. But there's always a piece where it's like. We tried it four more times and nobody said anything. <laughs> like there's always yeah. this part where it's like we made this actor go in and be clearly racist and it took eight tries for someone to be like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be racist." Uh and, and so <laughs> that's what I was thinking of the whole time I was reading about this section that Jen talks about is yeah, it's it's prevalent that we would rather just be quiet as opposed to uh, stand up and be courageous. Yeah. Well, we have one more uh, habit that we're going to be talking through, and that's misattribution. So, Tanner, kind of talk us through this idea a little bit um, because it, this this might be a little bit harder to grasp, I guess. Yeah, so misattribution is essentially taking credit, right? Instead of saying, hey, Glenn, you did a really good job on this thing. It's being like, well, you know, my team or <laughs> mm. I I helped do that. Like just trying to make it reflect a little more on you than putting it. Or it's the same thing with shifting blame, right? It could be the opposite of, hey, why didn't, why didn't those expense reports get in? It's like, well, yeah, Ashley was supposed to, you know, and, and kind of, and, and I deal with that a lot. I... I was in a position where it was a pretty high stress uh, job and the environment was very, um, they were not conflict avoidant. Let me say that. And so I struggled a lot. Like I, I am very 
conscious about my image and how other people perceive me to a fault. And so that was an easy thing for me to slip into. It's like, Hey, Mm. why didn't this happen? And I would just be like, well, it was so-and-so's fault (laughs) (laughs) or find a way to just kind of spin it where I didn't have to take all of the blame regardless of whether or not I deserved it. So misattribution is just kind of shifting things around to paint yourself in the best light, whether that's taking, you know, some praise someone else deserved or, you know, pushing some, some rebuke some, in a different direction. So you could say it was, it was almost like the accident I almost made earlier when I said, here are four habits of untruthful <laughs> speech that we've, we've put together, when obviously it was not, uh, and I was not trying to lie there. It was just yeah. a slip of words. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. yep, 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 yep. I give full credit. <laughs> so you were like Satan. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But, but what I am... There's that sarcasm coming go, in. Play, exactly, yeah. <laughs> what I'm obviously going to get to, as we've done with all the others, is Satan is a master of this. He himself likes to misattribute good characteristics to who he is. You know, he if you think about kind of the origins of Satan, how he's really kind of this fallen angel, everything he does is really just a poor shadow of what God does. And so the same way our good, glorious, just God deserves to be worshiped. Satan wants to paint himself in this light where we think maybe he's right, or maybe Mm. it, it would be okay if, I did that thing that that Satan is tempting me to do. And so he misattributes glory to himself and he tries to get us to misattribute glory to ourselves because he certainly doesn't want it going to God. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I definitely see this in the workplace more than uh, anywhere else. Well, except uh, I'll say with the exception of the workplace that I'm in right now, one of their key values is humility. Mm. And I just feel like the teams that I've been a part of at this job, like they play that to a T where it's like, yeah. <laughs> you like, you can't go through a meeting where someone's like, man, I just have to brag on this person. They came up with this idea almost to the point where it's annoying, but <laughs> it is so contrast to, to what we're talking about here. Can we can we say who it is? I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, or not. Yeah, subsplash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Glenn, I didn't I didn't know this. You're telling me this for the first time. So, maybe we can correctly attribute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, this thing to them, which is, hey, this seems like they have at least in some ways a pretty good company culture, which is good considering they make church apps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they uh, represent some of those values well. So no misattribution there. Uh, we we have talked through our <laughs> we have talked through four points, not our four points <laughs> you almost said of it again. untruthful speech. So a, a final point that we want to hit is this idea that lying can actually lead to other sins. Well, it's it at least generally keeps the company of other sins. Yeah, right. Like. Every... It's like the gateway drug to other <laughs> sins is what it really is. It's like the sidekick at the very least. <laughs> but if you think about like the last few we've talked about, some murder, adultery, stealing, you almost never do any of those things without also lying about mm. it, right? So if you murder someone, the 
you're probably not going to get on a rooftop and be like, I murdered Glenbrand. Well, unless it's like the, the scenario you were talking about earlier where people are just really brave <laughs> and not hiding <laughs> behind themselves. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, at least they got that going for them. Uh, but it's the same with adultery and stealing. Like a lot of these sins are paired with lying. So, yeah. I think the warning there or the encouragement there is, yeah, work on not lying. Work on saying good things about your neighbor, saying true things about your neighbor, but also realize that you're going to want to have this tendency to cover up your other sins, and that's a sin too. So bring those things into the light. That's how you get better. That's how you become more sanctified is continuing to reveal dark corners of who you are and how you act and repenting. And so lying tends to go hand in hand with all these others and break that off as best you can. All right. It's that time. It's time to bring it back to Jesus and see what he has to say about all this, because he always gives us more insight than we originally intended. Yeah. Well, basically Jesus says we're going to hell. We hope no. that you enjoyed this week's episode <laughs> yeah, of Bible exactly. and Stuff. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he does and he doesn't. So uh, I, th- I thought it would be funny to just be like, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> so we see in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Hmm. That's a little scary. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this illustration. It's a little out of style now, but it used to be this old preacher illustration of like, you know, you get to heaven and then he puts it up on the screen and you just have to watch your life play out and give an account for, you know, there's a time you did that thing and there when you messed up there. And first of all, that's terrifying. Second of all, I'm not sure it'll be exactly like that (laughs) um namely because if you're a christian jesus has paid for all that yeah now i'm not saying this verse isn't true you will probably have to give an account but your only defense is christ I, i didn't do anything that would justify me in fact i said a bunch of things that will condemn me but jesus gives us hope in that while he was lied about while he was slandered and reviled and had a bunch of things misattributed to him, he died a death because of those things that he shouldn't have died. And of course he rose and now he's able to give us a new identity because he defeated death, the death that we deserve. He can take this identity of liars that we have and he can give us a new identity of truth tellers, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, as the spoils essentially of his resurrection, he changes who we are and says, you're not a liar anymore. You're a truth teller. And that's important for a couple of reasons. One, because it helps us build up our neighbors, right? This whole thing has a community focus. It helps us be good members of our community and bring, you know, love and value to those around us. But also, If we are going to be a voice in our community of who God is and what he is like and why you should follow him, we have to be trustworthy. Mm. 
We have to be people who tell the truth, who let our yes be yes, who let our no be no, and are not known (laughs) for lying. Because why would anyone care what you have to say about God if they know you can't even tell the truth about, you know, money or, or a million other examples? Yeah, yeah. Of less importance than God. Exactly. Obviously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that is a great way to kind of wrap all of this up is through encouragement. You know, we we talk about lying and, and going through, well, we talk about untruthfulness uh, throughout this episode. And hopefully, in a good way, you have been convicted on some of these things uh, and you feel compelled to change your ways. And we are so happy to hear that that is happening. But we also do want to encourage you to now go out and be truth tellers for Jesus. Um, Don't shy away from the truth. Be compelled to go out and speak it uh, to those who need to hear it. Absolutely. So start by telling us the truth (laughs) of what you think about the show, what you would love to hear us talk about next. As always, you can do that on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us directly at hello at bibleandstuff.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Peace. The Bible and Stuff podcast is a production of Bible and Stuff. We do more than just podcasts, so if you want to know more about something we've covered on the show, just visit our website at bibleandstuff.com. Our show is hosted by Tanner Britt and Glenn Brand, and our theme music is by The Sing Team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.